Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's very good and wonderful to be here with you once again here in the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship him, to receive the gift that he has planned and prepared for us through his word and sacraments. Let's stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them today. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for this fourth Sunday in Lent. The Reverend Jake Slutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the, met in the worship service is the organist Mrs. Courtney Slutton, and the acolytes are Carson Ray and Drew Creed. Radio broadcast is sponsored by the funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of now, Trinity Lutheran okay, Church. Please right. contact the church office um, Just a few announcements before can we help. continue on with our worship today. First of all, we are continuing through our Lenten series on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. The adult Bible study handouts that we're going through, the book of Revelation, are found in the back. There are some there that I see uh, there are none left. If you have a particular chapter that you still need, please let me know. I'd be very happy to make a copy uh, of that for you. Easter lilies are available. It's almost Easter. Yay. Easter lilies are available for purchase uh, for our Easter morning service on April the 1st. The cost is $10 each. If you would like to do that, the order forms are at the sound system table right in the back, uh, and they are also in the church office. So that is Easter lilies for this year. And then finally, our Friends in Christ group, which is a group of folks here at Trinity, composed of various ages. Uh, they will be meeting this coming Friday night at 7 p.m. at the Senator's House, which is just right down the road here. 
Um, Friday the 16th, they ask that you please bring a snack to share. They will have a devotion, some snacks, and some games as well. If you have any questions about that, please find Bob or Susan Senager, and they will be happy to answer those questions for you. And so with that, let's begin our service today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, this Lord's Day. Lord, we give you thanks that it is on this day that we celebrate your resurrection. Lord, because you are raised to new life, we too shall be given and are given a new life each and every day. We pray, Lord, that as we continue through this Lenten season, that you would give us penitent hearts and minds to be able to focus and to meditate and to pray about and to concentrate on your words, uh, Lord, and specifically your passion. Lord, now we ask that as we worship you here, that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our first hymn is the first three verses from Lift High the Cross. It's number 837, verses 1 through 3. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And will my to God, merciful Father, I Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given His only Son to die for us, and for His sake He forgives us all of our sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all of our benefits and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading today comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against Moses, 
spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. This is the word of our Lord. Speak to God. We continue with the gradual. O come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Our special music today is by the Trinity Choir.
beautiful peace choir. Thank you very, very much. It was really, really great to hear that during Lent. Uh, now is the time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. And if you have your Mighty Mites, bring those up as well. The children's message today is presented by Pastor Jake. Face me, for those of you who aren't already, okay? All right, I want to start off with a question. What is your favorite food? What's your favorite food? Anything goes, okay? Writer, what, what's your favorite, favorite food? Bananas, really? Good for you, Mom and Dad. Bananas, okay, good. Uh, Cordell? Pizza, good, okay? Jackson? Watermelon, good. Another good one. Okay, of course, pizza is good too, just not as, just not as healthy, I guess. But yes, uh, Cohen. What's your favorite food? Grapefruit. Okay, okay. So now we're gonna think. Okay, right. So one person said it. I get it. Okay, all right. Uh, Harper. Watermelon. Okay, all right. Blueberries. Okay, MJ. Chicken nuggets. I know, I know I really like those. Grace. Ice cream. See, now we're getting there. Good. Okay, all right, good. Uh, Chance. Bacon. Ooh, I, I like that one too. Keenan. Bacon and hamburger. Bacon ham hamburgers. Ooh, okay. All right. Carly. Strawberries. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon. Just in general. Cinnamon. Good. Okay, good. All right. Okay, so uh, my guess is, is that if for the next, oh, I don't know, let's make up a number. Let's say for the next 50 years of your life, the only thing that you ever ate was your favorite food, eventually you probably get a little bit tired of it. Probably. Okay? I mean, even, even as much as we like pizza and bananas and things, okay, you would probably get tired of it eventually. Well, so this is what happened to the uh, Israelite people in the Old Testament lesson from Numbers that was just read. They had been wandering around all of these years, and the only thing that they had to eat was this stuff called manna, okay? Manna was sort of like a, like a flaky bread, okay? And that was the only thing that they had to eat for all of these years. But you know what? It kept them alive. Okay? And God made sure that they were provided for. So what was happening was that the people had kind of have had enough. And they say, you know what? We are sick and tired of all, all that we ever eat is this, is this manna. We're, we're just so tired of it. And so they got angry with God and they cursed him and all of these really bad things. 
And so God then, in order to teach the people a lesson, sends venomous snakes to be upon them. And some of these venomous snakes, the kind that have poison, right? Okay? They bit some of the people. Yeah. It, and as a, a matter of fact, some of them were probably cobras. Okay? Yeah. So they bit the people, and some of the people died. Okay? Well, the people then realize what they've done wrong. Okay? And they go back to Moses and they say, we are so sorry, we have sinned against God, we recognize, we realize what we've done wrong, and uh, please go to God and tell him that we are repentant and confess what we did. And so Moses does this, he goes to God and tells the people what they wanted him to tell them, and so God tells Moses to do something kind of interesting. He says, I want you to build me another snake. Another one? Well, yeah. So, Moses builds a bronze snake, and he puts it up on a pole, okay? And God says all that the people have to do is look with their eyes, is look at this bronze snake, and the ones who, are, who have, have been bitten, okay, all that they have to do is look at this bronze snake, and they'll live, and they will be healed. And so the people do this, and they are healed. And what's, what's the most important part about this particular text is that it points to something that happened a little bit later, of when someone was put up on, on a similar pole, okay? and all that the people had to do was look and believe, and they would live. Can you guys think of what that was, Harper? Yeah, yeah. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins. All that the people would have to do, and have to do, is look to Jesus, to confess him as their Lord and Savior, and they shall live too. And we're going to talk about that in the sermon for today, okay? Will you guys put your hands together and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising again for me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks. Epistle reading today comes from St. Paul's letter to Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you were in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work with those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness 
to show us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, <clears throat> that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is taken from the Old Testament lesson that was just read from Numbers chapter 21. You want to have that in front of you or at least have the page open uh, because we'll be turning to it and looking at it as we go along here this morning. This past week I was reading a Bible story to my kids right before bed and I just happened to turn to the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And we all know that song, I'd imagine, because we all have been taught that song at some point or another. Zacchaeus is a story that I think a lot of times we just sort of pass over because we all know it. We all kind of know what happened, and it's a nice story. But one of the things that this particular version of the story that I read really pointed out to me was just the actual reality of Zacchaeus and how he was saved. You see, Zacchaeus, in case you don't know, was a tax collector, not just any tax collector. This guy was wealthy. The, the Gospel of Luke says that. He was a very, very wealthy tax collector. He was taking enough of the taxes for himself so that he could live the kind of life that he wanted, or at least the, the kind of life that he thought that he deserved. And as you can probably imagine, people didn't like him very much. I love how this version said, you know, when he would be walking down the road or the street, he probably heard whispers. There he goes. I hate him. There goes that guy that all he does is ever takes people's money. Well, we aren't told, and maybe he did, and maybe he didn't, but what we aren't told is that it is entirely possible that he had a very low self-esteem and not a very high view about himself. And so he hears that Jesus is coming, and he's so short that he can't see the Savior. And so he climbs up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, and so he does that. And he sees them. And then something incredible happens. A miracle happens. This man who the people hate and cannot stand, he is the one that when he looks down and sees Jesus, it is he that Jesus sees. And it is he that Jesus says to him, I am coming to your house today, Zacchaeus. Why? Because salvation has come to your house. And from the moment that Zacchaeus looks at the Savior, that he sees Jesus, from that moment, his life is changed forever. Because all he did was he looked on the Savior in faith. A similar thing happens in our text for today, in Numbers chapter 21. The people are once again grumbling. Shocker. They do this all the time. 
They are once again grumbling, and they are not happy with God. As I mentioned to the kids here just a moment ago, all they had to eat for all of these years was manna. I would imagine, just like them, that if you took your favorite food and you had it every single day, all day, was the only thing that you had for 50 years, you'd probably get pretty tired of it too and want something else. But what they failed to forget was that they were still alive. And that, God was still pro- and that God was still providing for them. It may not have been in the way that they wanted. But God was still providing for them. Verse 5, they spoke against God, bad idea, and against Moses, another bad idea, and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. It wasn't just a few years before that that they were saying the same kinds of things, except that time they were being much more specific. When we were slaves in Egypt, we had all the food that we wanted. When we were slaves. So, in verse 6, the Lord says, well, if you haven't figured it out yet, perhaps you'll figure it out now. Then the Lord sends venomous snakes among them, probably cobras. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you, and pray that the Lord would take the snakes away from the people. So Moses prayed for the people. They realize what they've done wrong. They confess it before God. And then absolution happens, kind of like what we do here every Sunday morning. Confession and absolution. And so God has a very unique and a very interesting way for which he is going to save his people. He tells Moses to make a bronze snake. And to put this snake up on a pole. And for those who are sick with the venom and those who have been bitten by these venomous snakes, all the people have to do is look at the snake and they will live. Is it magic? Is it just sort of happened that all that they have to do is look at this bronze snake and then the people live? It's not magic. It's faith. They believed the promises of God. Because God promised them, all that you have to do is look upon this snake and you will live. And so they did. They looked upon the bronze snake in faith. They believed the promises of God that they would live. And so they did. It wasn't magic. It was faith. Just like in the story of Zacchaeus. Was it magic or was it faith? No, it was faith. It was faith that led him to seek Jesus that day. It was faith that led him to climb up that tree so that he could get a glance and an image and to see the Savior. But the people, once again, make a mess of things. Many years after this, when their king was King Hezekiah, he began to, who was a very righteous king, he began to realize and to see that the Israelites began worshiping the bronze snake. 
and they were offering idols, I'm sorry, they were offering sacrifices to it, as if it was the snake that saved them. And so Hezekiah literally has the snake destroyed, because he knows that that is not what has saved them. He knows that that is not the way to live. They begin worshiping the thing and not the creator. They begin to worship the creation and not he who made it. If all of scripture points to Christ, and it does, that all of scripture, every word, every letter points to Christ, then the connection here is not hard to figure out. From our, our gospel text for this morning, from John chapter 3, specifically verses 14 through 15, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, Jesus says, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Just as the snake was lifted up on the pole, so Jesus would be lifted up on the cross. And all people had to do was look and confess that Jesus is Lord. And they will be saved. That's what, that's what the Apostle Paul says. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. End of story. Period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, Paul says you will be saved. Saved by his blood. Saved by his death, and of course, saved by his resurrection. But the problem is, is that you and I, just like these people that we have learned about today, we tend to look to other things and other people for our happiness. With Zacchaeus, he looked to his money for his happiness. With the Israelites, they thought that different food would make them happy. The people in 2 Kings thought that the thing, the snake, was what brought them happiness. And so I ask you and I this same question this morning. In your life, what brings you happiness? What brings you happiness? What makes you happy? What makes you joyful? Is it money? Is it status? Is it accomplishment? Is it your belly? Is it a thing that has been created instead of the creator itself? And I could go on and take an hour just listing off all of the different ways for which we find other things that bring us happiness. Now, these, some of these things are not necessarily bad. It's not bad to be an accomplished person. It's not bad to necessarily have money. It's not bad to, to want to have your belly full. Those things are not, in, in and of themselves, are not bad. But the problem becomes, when you start thinking, and you start acting in such ways that those things become more important than the cross, 
and the empty tomb? Folks, that's the exact reason why King Hezekiah destroyed the serpent, because the people were doing the same thing. They began worshiping the thing. They began thinking that it was the thing that was created that would bring them happiness. This is why Luther says in his catechism that it was not with gold or silver that we were purchased. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood. Not with stuff, with things that are perishable. Because he says that our happiness is found in our salvation. He says that there is nothing else in all of this creation. There is nothing else that is more valuable, not all of the treasure of King Solomon himself. There is nothing in this world, not any kind of status that you can ever achieve, not any kind of accomplishment that you can ever do, not any amount of money that you can ever have, not any amount of stuff that you can ever accumulate. There is nothing on this earth and in this creation that is more valuable than the salvation that has been won for you. That's exactly why he says, I wasn't, I wasn't bought with gold or silver or with stuff. I was bought with, with the blood of the Messiah. I was bought with the blood of Jesus. With his holy, precious blood, which is worth more than anything that we can ever possibly imagine. And so, unfortunately, on this side of heaven, this is a temptation that we're going to continue to battle each and every day, is finding our, our happiness in life and our joy in life and things that are not the salvation of Christ. This is, again, exactly why, and I've said this be, before, but gosh, this is exactly why we pray a lot, and we pray every day. We were just talking about this in the adult Bible class for this morning, putting on the full armor of God. Why? Because Satan is sending these fiery darts your way every single day, and he knows how exactly to tempt you and to get you to fall off of the straight and narrow path. But through Christ and through the power of the gospel, that God did so love the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life through the power of the gospel and through the power of the cross. We have life. And we have life in his name. And our happiness is found because we are saved. Because we are saved by grace and by grace alone, not by anything that we have done, not by anything that we have accomplished, not by any kind of status that we have achieved, not by any amount of money that we have made, but we are saved by grace through faith. It was the faith of Zacchaeus that saved him, that brought him happiness. It was the faith of the people that led them to believe the promise of God that all they had to do was look upon this snake and live. It was the faith of King 
Hezekiah that led him to destroy the serpent, the bronze snake, so that the people would no longer be confused. And it is your faith in the Savior that has saved you. It's the same faith that you were baptized into. The same faith that has called you here this morning. If you notice, most of my prayers on Sunday mornings before we start include something like, we are not all called here by chance or by accident. Because it's true. No matter how big your faith is, or whether it's this big or this big, that faith has called you here this morning. That faith is calling you to receive the Lord's very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Why? Because of faith. Because in faith you are saved. In faith, in Christ alone is our happiness and our joy, and most importantly, our salvation is found. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now have the great opportunity, as we do each and every Sunday morning, to confess the words of our Christian faith together as a church family, so that we all may hear and speak these words of faith. And we do so using the Apostles' Creed, as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. You'll notice the red sign-in book that is in your pew. Uh, please fill that in, whether you are a guest or a member with us. Uh, so that we know that you were here. Those who, are on, those who get it on the window sides, please send the book back to the aisle side so that the elders can pick up the top sheets after worship today. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Easter lilies are available for purchase to help our church services as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday. The cost is $10 each, the same as last year. Order forms are at the sound system table and in the church office. Orders and payments must be made in by March 16th. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. 
a men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Condemned already, Speaker Emeritus of the Lutheran Hour, Rev. Dr. Ken Klaus, some things just work better in the dark. You know things like watching for shooting stars and getting a good night's sleep or dreaming about the future. People's love, people love the darkness for a lot of reasons and not all of them are good. John 3, verse 19 through 21. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. Please stand for the offertory. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First of all, for those on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Clybaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, and Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, and Lauren Barnes. Uh, also, for Alice Helmkamp, who will be celebrating 85 years of life this coming week. And so we go to our Lord in prayer. Lord, we pray that in every time that we would look to you for salvation, that we would look to you as the one who has saved us by your death on the cross, that we would look to you who has given us new life, that we would look to you 
as the one who has restored our relationship with God. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for this church family, for the ability to meet the needs that arise as we do the work God has given us to do, and for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, for all who partake this day of the body and blood of Christ, that in their eating and drinking they may receive the benefits of forgiveness of sins and renewal of life and have a foretaste of the feast to come. Lord, in your mercy. For those who make and those who make laws and govern our lands, that peace and security and justice may be preserved, allowing freedom and opportunity to share the good news of the message of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray especially for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray, Lord, especially for all those who are listed on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that have been named before you in our hearts now. Lord, we pray that you would grant healing to their bodies and perseverance to bear their ailments and worries with patience and grace. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week, especially for Alice, who has a birthday this coming week. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining her in life to this day. We pray that your face would shine upon her each and every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Our communion hymns today are Amazing Grace on page 744, on O Jesus, Blessed Lord to Thee on page 632, O Love How Deep on page 544, and Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer on 918 of the Lutheran Service Book.
Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. I give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
it has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by the means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane. Special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. We're very glad that you were here to worship with us. We pray that your time here today was a blessed one. Uh, again, just another reminder of our Wednesday night Lenten service. It begins at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week in the Lord.